Hey listeners, in this episode, I get to interview one of my dear friends from grade school, Heather Kaslack, confidence coach. And this interview actually happened in my membership group. It's a private membership group for women who are soul led and looking to dive into how we can use our intuition and really access our best selves and our best lives. So as you listen to this interview, you will hear just some interaction on the Facebook Live with the group through comments and through hearts, which is kind of nice just to see what uh, people really picked up on, what you might also relate to, and what they really liked. So here you go. Enjoy. Hey, and welcome to this Passionate Life Podcast. We tap into what it takes to turn your passions into profits with intimate talks with women who are walking the talk. This is your host, Stephanie Zito, intuitive soulpreneur mentor for women who choose in favor of alignment, abundance, and happiness. Come find me on Facebook at Stephanie Zito Coach and hit subscribe so you don't miss a beat of this podcast to raise your vibe and align with your best life. Let me introduce to you my beautiful friend, Heather Kesslack. Heather is a mom, wife, entrepreneur, business owner, empath, and pediatric occupational therapist. We can add confidence coach to that amazing list. She's been a family coach for almost 20 years, intimately working with beautiful humans who have children with special needs. She's found that some of her most powerful successes were not just in how she affected her patients' lives, but also the changes that my mom's, the mom's experience through her guidance and encouragement. She considers herself a beacon of light for people, hell to the yes. She strives to allow others to see their light, the light that she sees in them. She connects with women quite powerfully when she's given the permission. She can sense your struggle, your insecurity, your pain, and not just because she's an empath, but because she herself has struggled and suffered for so long. She's devoted her entire life to healing, striving, and now she wants to share. She wants women and men, if they choose to work with her, to feel their power, know their power, and thrive in their power. She wants them to move from struggle to peace. And so I'm so Thank grateful. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. So grateful and honored to have you here. I know you also have some strategy sessions that will be free for people who are here and who are listening. So I'm so excited for that. So I know that was kind of uh, in a nutshell who you are. Is there anything you want to add that I sort of missed? Um, no, I think that you covered, you know, as far as, you know, my, what I'm interested in, what I do. Um, I have a lot of, a lot of hats. But I'm, what I'm focusing on most now is this new adventure of, of diving into this business and um, just trying to naturally, um, you know, I feel like I've, I've been doing this for a long, long time without formally saying I was doing it. So, um, yeah, I'm, I, I can't wait. I can't wait to get on the road to doing this so much so that I, you know, have have breakdowns here and there of like, why isn't it happening yet? Meanwhile, it's been like a, uh, maybe a week or two, or I don't know, a month. I don't know. How long have I been trying to do this? Yeah, I know. I think it's been like a week and you're like, I want results immediately. Well, what I love is that you're a multi-passionate person. I love multi-passionate people. And so, you know, within activate, like if you're, yeah, there's so many hearts and hugs coming through right now, just so you know, oh. Heather, like so many hearts and hugs. So um, if you're also, I know, you know, 
all of you are multi-passionate people. So if you also identify with that, you know, write in, write in what are your multi-passions. Um, and if you feel like you're that person who's now following like a new thread, let us know what that new thread is. I know Josie's kind of laughing too. So let us know like what your new thread is because this is about our quantum leaps. And so we're all in this together. We're all doing it together, whatever stage that is. So let us know, this is our conversation. So I know we're doing it through our Facebook Live too. And it's like kind of fun to have our conversation go this way. So it's gonna be really fun to, well, maybe we just start there. Do you wanna tell us like what happened? <laughs> With, with COVID or oh, the other day? Well, oh, the other day. Yeah. yeah. Oh, do you mean when I, when I had a temper tantrum? Yeah. Let's talk about okay. that first. <laughs> yeah. So, so, uh, I, I had been, you know, working on this project with Stephanie now for, um, I think we've been working together can like officially for two weeks. Yeah. I think it's been two weeks, 14 days. Been, let's think. Yeah. 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 And I have a very bad habit of being way too hard on myself. And I expect um, that I can just pick things up like that. And I think that that just comes from my, my, you know, history of being able to pick up things pretty quickly. Like I, you know, somebody put a bat and a ball in front of me, I could just hit a ball like out of the, like, I just had like natural things that would just come to me naturally. And I then expected as I got older, for everything to continue to just come naturally, right? Like everything should just happen. Um, and uh, yeah, so I have been going down this road with you and organizing and getting things, you know, situated to start this whole process and getting frustrated in the process of, and not, and, and feeling, you know, a lack of confidence in myself because that happens even to confidence coaches we can't be perfect people. We can't be confident all the time. Um, we definitely have our moments of weakness and struggle. And I went back into my old habits of, you know, throwing up my hands and saying, I'm going to, I'm just going to give up. Like, I'm just going to, I'm going to close down the Facebook thing. I'm just going to stop doing this and thinking to myself, I'll just, you know, go and work in a, and a you know facility and be an OT doing something I don't want to be doing just to make money just to like start working again because I'm so frustrated you know um, because I want to help so much because I want to be doing this so much it's like it's so challenging when it doesn't just come together but what I did was after I, two weeks after two after weeks. two weeks yeah and, and that's <laughs> yeah. what I do to myself and yeah. my coach my wonderful coach and friend Stephanie said to me when I said I'm gonna quit I'm closing the Facebook page I'm just gonna quit she goes well you could do that you could go ahead go right ahead <laughs> and I was like you love that, that evil woman I know what she's doing she's setting me up to figure my shit out so I did <laughs> So I got off the, I, I, I think we were maybe voxing back and forth, sending messages. And yeah, she said, you know, do. you have people to, do. right. You're like, you have to, you have to just, I, I don't know what you did or what you said to me that made me go, I need to like, look at this. And I forget you said, it's a soul study. This is a soul dive. Like what you're doing yeah. right now is, is legitimately a soul dive. And, and when you go into that place, you are bound to be met with so much struggle, so much challenge. And um, so I really kind of developed my own three-step kind of process of 
how do you reset in this scenario? How do you get back on track? How do you not go down that bad path of that road where we all tend to go when we get in that bad stage and we feel badly and we start talking badly to ourselves, we go down that path and we just keep going down it. And we keep saying those things about ourselves and we keep doubting ourselves and we keep thinking that we can't do it. We can't do it. We can't do it. Well, you made me realize that that's a pattern. And, and I know that about myself. I I know that I have these old habitual things that kind of creep back up and they go, Heather, like you can do this again. It's a lot easier. You can back out. You don't have to do this. It's scary. And that's what I do when I get really, when I'm about to come on to something that's really big and really exciting, I go, ah, and I like run and run away. So I yeah. recognized it. I recognized it. And I said, this is what I do. This is what I do. I get to a place where I feel like the world is at my, like, I'm like almost there and I, and I'm, I'm so close. And then I just get terrified and I, I retreat. And so I recognized that. And then what I did from there was I really looked at, um, how can I reset this? How can I start, start back into? So I recognized, and then I reset. And what I did for resetting was, um, I dabble in intermittent fasting. It's just something that I do occasionally. I don't do it religiously or anything, but I thought, okay, that's one of the first things I'm going to do is I'm going to reset my, my metabolism and my, my kind of, um, internal system. Cause I do feel so much better after a fast. And, um, so I did a fast and then I got up the next morning and I think I went to yoga. And I think that day, that same day, I maybe, um, did some breathing exercises that night with my daughter. That's right. In my daughter's bed, we went to bed and I said, let's do some meditation breathing. And we did that together. And then she was falling asleep and I got out of her bed and I meditated on her floor in her room. Um, so just doing those things in a, in a period of 24 hours, I I felt like my entire, it just flipped and I felt like a brand new person. Yeah. I feel like Um, you're really good at these quantum. And I want to like a little bit later circle back to what you just were talking about, you know? Um, But I feel like you're, you're really good at these quantum shifts. And it's so cool because, you know, when I said that to you, like you, I actually meant it. Like I, it wasn't like a, some kind of psychological thing, like people give up all the time, you know? And so, and I'm not here to tell you, I mean, I know what I think, but right. it's your journey. So it's, it's kind of interesting to be able to say that like with neutrality, yeah. <laughs> knowing that like you, it's like literally within you and to recognize that um, when we do this work, like when you go after what you really want, when you are in your soul purpose, like, pff, yeah, you're gonna, yeah. you're gonna bump up against this stuff. And so it was just really cool to see you like within 24 hours, be like, I'm back on track. Um, And I see, you know, people are kind of saying, like Laura's saying, her new thread is focusing on writing her book, listening to spirit in different and new ways. Um, Tiana can definitely relate. Josie, she was, she's laughing at you being mad you weren't having results after a week because that's what, that's what you would do. She knows. She knows Laura can relate to Trisha saying she's guilty. Yeah. I mean, this is something like, it's so important to talk about this because we all do this. Like mm-hmm. that's why, you know, you practice yoga. I practice yoga. We talk about some scars, patterns, you know, patterns in our practice, but we take that off the mat and we're like, well, what's my pattern? Like, what did I, what did I do when I was a little kid that maybe worked, you know, did my, did I wait for my parent to tell me it was going to be okay? Did I, 
Did I cry? Did I like, what did I do? You know? And so we create those new patterns. So it was really cool. And I definitely want to dive more into what you did a little bit later yeah. too. Um, and I'm curious, like for, you know, for you who are with Activate, you know, are you, are you going through something like that? Or have you gone through something like that too, where you were like, I want, I trust me, I have, <laughs> you know, like, or let us know what it is or what it was. Like, I want to back away. I don't want to do this. Like, I feel like I want to throw up <laughs> or maybe you have, I mean, in my own journey, like I've, I've gone up and down a lot or I've gotten scared of what that next step looks like, or I've gotten scared of scared of what it would mean. What would it mean if I succeeded? Like what it would, what would it mean if I did get what I want? <laughs> so for you, it was kind of like, well, it's two weeks and I should have everything I wanted right now. So kind of having that patience with the process. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, to go back to what you said about how, you know, when you, when you said that to me, people quit, people quit. You remember though, I'm an empath and I know I could, I know when people say things like I, I can, I can sense the, the message that is in it, even though you, I, I just felt like your energy was like that guiding me. Like, even though you didn't even maybe not know that you were, you were hinting even though you didn't know it, like I could feel it. I could just, and I knew I was like, this is, I need to like pay attention to this, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I so think cool. part of it being like part of our soul study, like we get to, like, we get to like, look at what you got to do. You actually came up with a process, which I could see you turning like what you just mentioned, which we're going to, we're going to dissect a little bit more. Cause I want to, I want to like go back in time a little bit before we go forward to that because I feel like it's really important and I could see you actually turning that into like a like a pdf that you share with people like this is something really important I feel like it's a really big part of like your process that you chose like you made that choice to figure it out you know yeah you do it because you have that like that's your that's your you got to be like this is my soul study okay this is my strength like I'm gonna bring my strength here right so what I want to go back to is um, this whole COVID transformation, like this whole thing is courage. So if there's something again, because, you know, this is like our feedback loop and our questions and everything, if there's an area, and I know this gets kind of personal, which is, this is the whole thing. This is like, when we get personal, we get to make the changes. So if there's an mm. area where you're feeling like you want some courage or you've been kind of like playing with that, um, like, let us know, ask a question, pop that in here so we can kind of uh, work with that. And um, what I want to talk about now is when COVID hit, like, let us know a little bit about your backstory mm. and then what brought you to this huge shift, like this catharsis. I'm going to let my cat out of the room. <laughs> All right, listeners, while I take my cat out of the room, I'm going to offer you an amazing group to join if you would like some inspiration and support on your journey to live your soul-led life. Get in with us in Activate, the membership group for soul-led women. It's on Facebook. 
And it is a dollar to join for your first month. I am offering this founder's rate to you for listening to our podcast, as I thank you so much. You will not regret it. We have classes every week on something that just boosts our understanding of ourselves and gives us a little more clarity towards living our mission on this planet. I'd love to see you in there, and the link is bit.ly backslash activate founders. That's bit.ly backslash activate founders. Hope to see you in there. And back to our interview with Heather Keslack. Yeah. All right. So give us some backstory. What happened? Why did you need a catharsis? COVID hit. Oh. What's going on? <laughs> Gosh. Um, so... Right, I would say a couple months before COVID, I started um, just oddly. Things things were happening that were amazing that were happening right before COVID. That like, I mean, I knew COVID was happening in France. My best friend lives in France, and you know, I I kind of knew it was coming, but I had no clue. Just like none of us did, what it was going to entail. Um, and uh, so in January right before COVID, I started looking at my emotional eating. I just started like kind of thinking about it and really just looking at it and evaluating when I was eating and whether or not I was eating because of hunger or if I was just eating because I was bored or angry or whatever. And um, March 13th uh, was the, the, de- the day, the day that everything kind of just like started. Mm-hmm. I got, you know, a call from my company. I was no longer going to be going into my patients' homes starting Monday, I was going to be looking at them from a computer screen. And I'm, I'm an early intervention occupational therapist, which means, you know, I go into babies' homes, babies who are birth to three, and I teach their parents, I coach their, their caregivers on how to take care of them and how to, um, you know, care for them, whatever. And uh, yeah, I wasn't going to get to do that anymore. And my daughter was going to be home from school from that point forward indefinitely. And um, so within a matter of minutes, I lost my entire career and I was uh, suddenly a stay-at-home mom again, which I struggled with in the first time I did it. Um, not because, well, we all know this. We all love our children, but staying at home, that's that has nothing to do with your love for your child. That's yeah, you're just getting a lot of hearts right now. I think that a lot of us can relate. So if you can relate yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to remembering That's... back to March 13th, like that date, I'm like, yeah, it was right around there. Totally. So let us know oh, yeah. if that was something that, you know, shifted for you too. Like what shifted for you back on March 13th? Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, oh, right before March though, I decided to do a dry month. I had been participating in binge drinking since I was 20 years old and I'm 47 now. And my husband and I met 20 years ago. So we were, you know, when we were 27 years old or whatever, you know, having fun, going to party and, you know, whoop it up. Like we didn't have kids. We didn't have any responsibility. We were young. We were just dating. So, but we just kept going with that pattern and that, that continued. And that was a huge problem that I, I had no idea how much of a problem the binge drinking was until I stopped doing it. And um, so March, we decided together, my husband and I were like, let's do a dry month. This was again, before COVID struck. 
So March 13 comes around, I'm dry for 13 days at this point. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to go back. Like, I'm not going to start drinking, you know, binge drinking or doing any of it again, yeah. um, because I definitely need to not be drinking right now because I realized after 13 days of not drinking anything, how much I wasn't sleeping because I was drinking. Um, and I wasn't binge drinking every night. I, I just was doing it occasionally, but even occasionally it lasts for days when you're older, the hangovers and the, the, you know, dehydration and all that stuff. So I was really just dysfunctional in my, you know, I wasn't sleeping. So I was depressed because I wasn't sleeping. I was anxious because I was sleeping. And then when COVID hit, my anxiety went through the roof mm -hmm. and, um, my, I would say that my turning point was bathing my daughter, um, one night and I was, I realized that I was having a panic attack and I've never had one and it was terrifying. And, um, I felt like I was going in and out of being present, being in the room and then not being in the room and looking at myself from above my, me, looking at me, walk, bathing my daughter, like I wasn't even in the room. I was kind of losing consciousness. I, I, I just kept in, in my head, I kept saying, okay, this is what you've been working on your whole life. I've been, you know, going to therapy and learning all about, you know, methods to um, calm my anxiety to, you know, get through these things. And now in this moment, I realized this was it. This was when I needed to use these skills that I had never used my entire life for any of the anxiety that had been going on. I never used it. I just ignored all of it. I just kept going and, you know, living in denial completely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, in the middle of this panic attack said, okay, this is what I need to do. First of all, you're not going to scare your, you're not going to scare your child because I've been through that. I knew, I know what that feels like. Mm -hmm. um, so I kept my wits about me, at least to my degree of knowledge. I don't even know because I was not really with it. Um, but I got my husband in the room and I laid down on the bed and I kept getting off the bed and then getting down on the floor and doing yoga poses with Harper and you know, doing child's pose together, I connected my, my, my head to the earth. And I literally felt from that, at that moment, that that's what's missing was me paying attention to that little girl and connecting to that child, because that's what I was feeling at that moment was like, I I'm like, I'm like a child. Like I'm like, cr I'm crumbling. I, I was losing all sense of control of my entire life, but yet at the same time gaining control, but yet feeling like I had no control because I was stripped of every addiction that I could be stripped of. Um, I was stripped of drinking, which I did on my own, but then I was stripped of eating because I was so stressed. I was so stressed and so anxious that for the first week or so, I couldn't eat anything. I mean, I was so stressed, but I would force myself to eat but it was just really weird. So I wasn't binge eating. I wasn't binge drinking and I wasn't working out because I couldn't go to the gym yeah. and I don't, I don't work out at home. I, I, I fail miserably every time. So I don't even, I don't even try. I don't even try. My daughter set me up like a yoga studio in my house. And I was like, so oh. it was so sweet, but like, I don't, I cannot, I don't find joy in working out at home. It doesn't bring me. Yeah. I don't feel rewarded. It's, it's isolating. It's just not for me. So all my addictions, exercise, drinking, eating were gone. And I just was, I felt like somebody was ripping off my skin from my body. Like I was just being like nothing yeah. to numb you, nothing to like take it away. Yeah. Yeah. 
and it was extremely painful and extremely eye-opening. I was having um, a lot of a lot of struggle. I mean, it was really, really for the first. It was a good two months of me really just not knowing what I was going to do, how I was going to get through this. I was not in a positive state of mind at this point. I was in a desperate, lost, confused state of mind. I didn't know. If we think back to that, I mean, for anyone else here too, like Josie's saying she can totally relate. So I know we're kind of like going back in history. You think back to right now, it's around uh, right after Halloween. Like I look back at pictures and like blissfully unaware of, completely unaware of what was coming. We had no idea. And then we're like, oh, this will just be a little bit of time. And then, you know, (sighs) we had to pivot and pivot. And Laura's saying, thank you for sharing your story. It takes true courage, lots of heart. So lots of hearts and yeah, I mean, if you can relate back to, if you're, you know, want to comment anything about what that was like for you too, just we're thrown into the situation where like you out of our choice, out of our control, you're not doing the stuff you love. That's kind of your identity, you know, Uh, maybe you're doing something that you never really signed up for like homeschooling. And like, for me, it was a huge shift. My son was like, what? I, I don't want to do Zoom, <laughs> you know, like, and then you got, you know, people who don't even want to be doing the things that it's supposed to be doing. And if you're an active person now, suddenly you can't even go to the places that give you that outlet. And then by yep. choice, you gave up the stuff that were your, <laughs> your numbing devices. And so my question is like, how did you not just like give up and go back to the to drinking or how did you not go back to like the binging eating those things that would have you know those are like our things that mm-hmm. numb us that keep mm-hmm. us from having to feel that stuff that we don't want to feel so how are you able to do that um you know i i tell this to people all the time i i feel like i think this comes into my empath kind of, um, sensitivity and my, I was just born older. I was just born with a, a different kind of awareness about where I'm going and where I want to be in my life. And, um, I've just never given up. Even if I give up for a little bit of time, I always come back. Hmm. And I've been in this, you know, I've been in this situation one other time when I had gained, uh, you know, a, a, a lot of weight and, um, but I need to go back to your question. What was it? Cause I lost it. Oh, what did okay. you ask me? Well, I was just, you know, I think, I mean, I would, I think other people would ask the same thing. Oh, why didn't I go back? Why didn't you go back to drinking? I mean, <laughs> I'm just, yeah. 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 Um, because I just decided that I think I knew that I deserved better than what it was doing to me. Mm -hmm. I deserved to sleep. And I think I realized all this time, all this, all these years that my daughter has been alive for eight years now, for seven and a half of them, once a week, I was getting drunk. And, you know, I wasn't, it wasn't, I wasn't, she wasn't awake. She wasn't around for it. She was never present for it. She was a bit in in her, it just kills me to even say it, in her crib, asleep, while my husband and I were getting drunk, having a good time. 
and, and not even staying up till all hours of the night. Like we weren't like party animals going crazy, but I know I'm not the only woman who can pol- polish off a bottle of wine. I know I'm not the only person who's done it. And, and I was doing it and, um, I was so tired. I just was so tired because I wasn't sleeping because I was drinking and yeah. I just got tired of feeling like shit. Yeah, so you kind of decided to put yourself be above whatever that felt like whatever you got from binge drinking, you put yourself above that like you honored you had the confidence to honor yourself like that self love above whatever yeah. you got from binge drinking or, you know, binge eating, whatever, like, I didn't get anything from it. I got what I got from it was continued self-sabotage. Yeah. That's all I did. Right. It was just, you know, I wasn't dealing with what I needed to deal with. I wasn't facing what I needed to face. I wasn't, this is the first time, even though I've been through a situation where I've lost weight before and I've gotten back in track, I never did. I never did what I did this time, which was really just getting to the crux of the issue coming from my childhood and, and, you know, not getting what I needed as far as, um, sensitivity and, and, um, you know, kindness. And so now I'm doing all of that for me, um, because I needed to, and, and it was amazing to me that even through this process of the seven years, the eight years, eight, seven and a half years that I was drinking, my, my focus on my daughter's amazing life was laser sharp. It was yeah. laser focused. I never let that shit get in the way of my taking care of her because that was my number one goal in life, man, was I was going to do what I didn't get. I was going to be the best mother that I could possibly be for that little girl. And I was going to give her that love and that attention and that sensitivity and that empathy that I didn't get because that was so important to me. But I put myself on the back. Everybody yeah. else got their shit. And I, I just let myself just, you know, abuse mm-hmm. myself. I mean, I abused myself and, and, yeah. and yeah. Well, and yeah. I see Trisha saying, yay, Heather. She's so proud of you. She's saying that Thank you. And Josie is remembering back to pictures from your Florida trip in January when you looked so relaxed. January, Florida, 2020. Uh, oh, wait, I'm confused. I'm sorry. I'm not maybe it was her Florida trip. I don't know. Maybe Josie took a Florida trip, <sighs> but I just wanted to mention that because you can't see the comments, but I, you know, I think in what you're saying, like one, we talk about a soul study and it was almost in a sense, um, you know, when I've heard you talk about like your childhood, you know, sometimes we know so much of what we didn't get when we were growing up that it teaches us how we will, it's her Florida trip. Sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's okay. okay. No. You can't, you know, with comments, you don't always know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't know who our was. So sorry about that. No worries. <laughs> I could see myself doing that though. I just want to say really quick, Mark will do that sometimes where he thinks I was somewhere and it was actually like his friend Ron or something. He's like, I remember when we mentioned this movie. I was like, no, that was you and Ron. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll just joke about like it was like another <sighs> wife or I mean anyway so I forget a lot of things <laughs> I could easily forget like doing a trip um but you you know I follow you on Facebook and I love um your inspiration and I love how you talk about your inner child and I sense mm-hmm. there's like this sense of you know as you bring that up like talk I'd love for you to talk a little bit about how we can how you honored your inner child and how we can honor our inner child. Like when we get into these spots, like 
with a panic attack or when maybe mm-hmm. we want to go back to something that's not healthy for us or it's abusing ourselves, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really do feel like when we, we all know, I think in deep down in us, we all know when we're in that stage uh, of, of not doing what we should be doing for ourselves. As far as like kindness towards ourselves, treating ourselves with respect, the way that we would treat our friends, yeah. our daughters, our mothers, our whoever, right? Like whoever is in your life. But um, I, I find it more common. And, and actually, I think that the reason I see this is because women are just more willing to talk. So it's probably happening with men too, but maybe I just don't know it. But um, what I've seen in the 20 years of doing my job, being with mothers, is this constant self like berating of, of everything that, that we do wrong yeah. and everything that we need to, that's not right about us. Mm-hmm. And I hear it all the time. And with every conversation I have with every woman that I am with, I feel like every woman I have to say, you know, they'll cut on themselves within the first five minutes of our conversation. They'll say something about themselves that they don't like, that is, you know, and I, and I, I immediately dive right in and I say, what, why are you doing that? What are you doing? Good. Why are you saying that about yourself? Why would you say that about like you, would you say that to me? Would you like come up to your friend and say, you know what? You got a little muffin top going on there. You should probably check. You should probably work on that. Right. Like who the fuck does that right. Sorry. to the, no, to the friends or their loved ones? Like nobody does that. But we, for some reason, as women, at least I know I can speak for myself. I'm a woman. We have this tendency to beat ourselves up. And what I feel like that comes from, well, a lot of it is social kind of conditioning, what we mm-hmm. learn in society about what's valuable about us, right? Sure. Our, our, yeah. our, our bodies, our physical, you know, what, but the inner child thing, you know, I think about, um, you know, I had a really hard childhood. I had a really difficult upbringing. My parents were married for 20 years and miserable for 20 years and, um, fighting constantly and um, a lot of verbal abuse, a lot of emotional abuse, a lot of neglect, a lot of uh, stuff that I went through. And um, I, the, the inner child thing, you know, I, I feel like before you can really progress to get through these things that are so difficult, you first have to get back to that place of being vulnerable enough to crumble Mm -hmm. and because when you're a baby you're you're so vulnerable you can't do anything for yourself right and I mean when when I say you need to be vulnerable I mean you need to be pretty much that vulnerable mentally emotionally where you go to a place where you feel like an infant (laughs) where you feel like you can't do anything for yourself in the moment you're just kind of like at the mercy of when you're an infant, you're at the mercy of your parents. But now when you're in this scenario where we have to rewind, we have to re, re, reboot, we have to reconnect with that child and, and love that child. And because yeah. we were all perfect mm-hmm. when we came out, we all were, every single one of us, our parents just didn't have the skills, no matter what they did, no matter if they physically abused, verbally abused, emotionally abused, any of those things, drank, did drugs, neglected all these things are are all subject to what they learned in their childhood Mm -hmm. and then their parents did that to their 
parents. You know what I mean? Like, it's just this cycle. I was going to be the end of the cycle. Mm -hmm. I knew I was going to be the end of the cycle when I was a child. Um, I was growing up and I knew in my own family, in my own life as a child, that this wasn't going to be my life, that this wasn't going to be. You knew that so young too. Yeah. I knew it very young. I mean, I was, I was probably five, six that I can think back to remembering um, that I, that I said, this isn't normal. This life, this life that we're living is not normal and this isn't how I want to live. So I knew very early and I started, you know, really working on myself and my uh, evolution when I was 19. That's when it started for me. Um, So it's been a long road. I mean, that's the thing, like it's taken me from the age of 20, pretty much 27 years. Um, you know, that's a long time to be, but I feel like I could have done things a little bit more efficiently had I learned some of these things that I know now, you know, I spent a lot of years suffering, yeah, not knowing what to do. Right. And that's a really good point. Why, you know, uh, and I'm going to get to how you are a confidence coach and how you've kind of taken what you, the loss of what you can't do being in person with these little babies and these moms, Mm -hmm. and also kind of this understanding, like looking at especially women and this kind of ingrained tendency to put ourselves down. Like it's it's the whole thing with confidence, like Mm -hmm. what that means or how quickly we can be to, you know, sabotage ourselves or say these things about ourselves. Like you said, that no one else would say about us. I know, I know everyone can relate. Like I, I can think of the things I say to myself too, you know, and it's like what we do with that. And, um, and that inner child work, it's just, it's really like this surrender and also this empowering that like you or I, or anyone here, we can be that own inner loving mother. Like we look at our parents and we're like, they were human. We forgive them. We know what they were. The other limitations we all do. And like, okay, I got it from here. I got it from here. So what tools do I have? Right. What am I going to do? So, and Tiana saying, she really feels the depth of your honesty, heart to heart. So, you know, when it comes to, yeah, when it comes to confidence, like, you know, tell us a little bit more, like, how did you pivot like you you know you had the situation that was untenable right like you can't do the work that you're meant to do I can relate like I have certain work that went away it was in person and it's just not happening because of COVID we're still you know it's not open so how did you how did you pivot like what happened where you're like okay I put my stake in the sand this is who I am this is what I do and how do you serve women and men if they choose well, I, I think I started, I, I tried the teletherapy thing with my job. I did do it for a little bit of time. I, I was, you know, a good little soldier. I got in line and I was like, all right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get on this computer and I'm going to look at these babies on, on the computer and look at their moms and go like, okay, like what, what am I doing? Like in my head, I'm like, this is not me. This is not serving my soul. And I felt so empty and my job previous to that felt so amazing. I loved my job. I loved my job. Um, so I guess I just decided like, I really don't know how, how did I decide to be a confidence coach? I truly don't know where in my process, this idea came to me, but I just know that every single, well, not every single many women that I spend time with will walk away and they will text me and they'll say, you made me feel so much better. Thank you so much for saying what you said. It made me think about this. It made me blah, 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 whatever. And I just thought, you know what? 
why don't I just try Like, I've always loved counseling, you know, talking to my friends if they need help. And, um, you know, that's always been something that's given me a lot of joy. And I just think I just like, without having to go back to school, I wasn't going to do that. You know, I've got, I'm not, you couldn't pay me to go back to school. I've done enough. <laughs> oh, I, feel, I feel you there. I really God, like so done. God bless so you. Like, You're in school right now. I know some of you are. <laughs> yeah. That's hard. It's hard. It's, it's a yeah. really difficult. And especially now I'm a parent. Like I, I couldn't fit it in. I don't know how these amazing mothers do this with children. I need sleep, I need sleep too much. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, I honestly don't know when I came up with this. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. Well, I like All I know is, is like, you, you said something about like serving your soul. And I kind of feel like that's part of it. It's like surrender to soul, surrender to like source and just feeling this shift of like what lights you up. Right. And, um, and but I, what I love is just how quickly you embraced it. And you're like, okay, yeah, let's, let's do this. Like, this is what I, I meant to do. Yeah. Right. I think something that I didn't know about and that you brought to my attention and you were talking about it in one of the classes that you did and you talked about intermittent fasting and you made some quick comment in passing about how intermittent fasting can open your mind. You yeah. said your, uh, what was it? Your right. crown? Crown um, chakra. Yeah, you know what? It's yeah, it's like uh, in the chakras, the top chakra, which connects us to source, um, the the food for that is fasting. And you were like, you know, yeah. yeah because like it just because yeah. I do believe that that was what started when I look back at my process, I look back to January and I truly think that starting intermittent fasting was that little window yeah. of that upper level of like connection that I wasn't able to make ever. I don't think. Right. right. Yeah. Cause and it gets dulled. I mean, it gets dulled by stuff like alcohol. It gets dulled by <sighs> foods that don't serve us, you know? Right. So, yeah. I mean, if we are looking to connect to source, if we're looking to connecting to something greater than absolutely, you know, something like intermittent fasting or being guided by that through, through you would be amazing. I mean, yeah. Josie's saying she loves spending time with you and talking about everything. I totally am with you, Josie. It always something, it's always something that's make, that makes her feel good. Like she spent her time well. Oh, yeah. So nice. So Thank what you. I, what I do want to get back to is, um, you know, especially like I look at this time we're in right now, although I probably could have said that for the last few months. I mean, you know, like there's many of us go through these uh, waves of, I would imagine, anxiety, waves that might, you know, lead towards like a panic attack or towards decisions so we can just numb how we're feeling. And so um, I want to get back to this process that you did, these mm. kind of these, this, mm -hmm. these three things that you had mentioned. And, yeah. you know, if someone is feeling anxiety, uh, whether it keeps them up at night or they can't eat or whatever it is, what yeah. is the process they can do that will help them? Okay. So I, I came up with these three R's. So, okay. I love this. <laughs> so recognize number one, recognize. So when you're in that state, when you're in that, that feeling of like, feeling like you're about to like lose your shit, right? Whether you're anxious, you're angry, you're going to lose your patience with your child. You're going to, you know, mm -hmm. throw something, <laughs> whatever, whatever you're feeling, recognize it, really sit in it and go, what the, what is happening right now? Like, what am I really feeling? Cause most of the time when we're feeling angry, we know that's not really what we're really feeling, right? Like most of the time it's something a little bit deeper, more like hurt, 
jealousy, insecurity, um, all those things that are kind of like underlying the anger is your protection. That's all that is. That's just your armor. Mm -hmm. Um, and it keeps you protected, but, um, yeah, recognize where you're at, look at your patterns, look at where, where you, where is this pattern? Is this pattern familiar to you? Do you do this every time you come across this trigger? Um, or is it just a random, you know, feeling that maybe you had from something earlier in the day that you may not, you know, even recognize it's really kind of sitting down and really recognizing where is this coming from? Where is this feeling coming from? Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, so at that point too, I also like to look at my boundaries when I'm recognizing and not just boundaries in relationships, but boundaries with like, you know, Facebook, my phone, how much time am I spending? Like really like looking at this electronic device. And when you do your business from your phone or your computer, that's a really hard thing to step away from. You know, people who don't have their businesses on, they can say, I'm leaving Facebook. I'm going to see you guys. I'm out. Like, I'm like, I have to run a business. I have three businesses that I'm trying to run from Facebook. So, but I did just disconnect. Right. Mm -hmm. So I, I knew, I recognized that this amount of, you know, internet, Facebook business, you know, all this stuff was really overwhelming me and I needed to take a break. So I, I cut that. And then, um, I say the second R is reset. So my reset was my fasting. I did a fast. I said, okay, I feel like garbage. I had eaten that weekend, something we had gone away and, you know, I had eaten a little bit of sugar and I had a beer with a lunch one day. And, um, you know, uh, I think I just had like sweets or something, but like, I could feel I can feel now when I eat food that doesn't work for my body, I know exactly what my responses are. And it's that sluggish Thanksgiving after meal feeling of like, you just want to puke, right? Like yeah. just feel up to here with food. And I, and that's what I did. So I reset, I did a 16 hour fast, which made me the next morning I woke up and oh, until two o'clock, I couldn't eat. And I wanted to rip my arm off. Like I wanted to eat my arm. I was so hungry, but I didn't give in. I was like, mm-hmm. I am not doing this because I know what's going to happen. I will feel better. Yeah. So I reset. I made better choices than once my fast was over, like making sure I'm filling myself with like good nutrients and not crap food. Um, and then my next thing was recalibrating, which was then my breathing exercises, my meditation, my yoga. Um, and I was going to say one other thing about the reset, but I lost it. Yeah. Yeah. You're saying the food. I mean, what I'm really sensing is like just choosing that thing and almost like planning, you can even almost even plan ahead. Like when you know your patterns or, you know, Mm -hmm. those things that trigger you, what that sort of that reset might be. That's sort of like that self-care, you know, like, right. Oh God, that's huge. Yeah. Like for me, it might be like, I'm going to go for a walk or, um, I might meditate, uh, or talk to a friend, like there's something that's going to be healthy for me. I'm going to choose that healthy thing. Yeah. I mean, I even resisted self-care in ways of like not showering for like days. You know, I know a lot of people did that in COVID. We, that happens. Like, but when you get in that funk where you're like funkified, right? Like you're like not even showering. Like, I mean, that's so funky and it makes you feel like crap. Right. I think what I, what I've come to getting in my life is that I no longer want to I don't think I deserve to feel like crap. Yeah. 
Right. Yeah. You're like, yeah, you're going to choose those things. Like even Josie's saying, yes, like garbage of food, nutritious yeah. saying, yes, the triggers, nasty beasts. That's exactly what we're talking about. Right. Cause these are these things that are going to trigger us that are out of our control. And then what do we do? Like, if I don't like what's happening in the news, am I going to hurt myself because of that? Am I going to drink a whole bottle right. of wine and feel like crap the next day? Right. Am I going to choose that? Or am I going to be like, right. Oh, I know I could choose that, but I'm going to be conscious enough because I recognize that's my pattern that I can reset and I can choose like my sparkling water instead or my kombucha instead or I can do whatever that thing is it's right. gonna be better and yeah but it's like when you start to go down that pattern you're not showering like how do you you know I feel like it's harder like the farther it you is go. it is it's so hard because um, okay, so I talk to my parents about this all the time when I work with my patients. I talk about neurological kind of retraining. When yeah. you go down a pathway, uh, you're sled riding, for example, you go down a path, you keep going down that path, you dig a hole, right? You just keep going, you keep going, you keep going. Well, the next time you go down that hole after you've gone down it 20 times, that path is so deep that it really is so much harder to get out of it because you've created such a deep pathway. Mm -hmm. The suffering has to happen, unfortunately, to get out of the pathway. Sometimes you yeah. just have to get yourself busted up to get out. It's got to suck it's enough. Hard. It's got to suck enough that you're like, nope, <laughs> it's not right. worth it. Yeah. And and the suffering that comes when you when you don't do that thing, when you don't feed that addiction or that that typical pattern, you won't like it. It's gonna feel uncomfortable. You're not gonna like it. You're gonna think it's gonna it's worse. You're gonna be like, this is not helping me. This yeah. is making me more miserable. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's gonna be it's gonna get harder before it gets easier right, right. <laughs> it sucks it's hard yeah. but the suffering sometimes has to happen mm -hmm. and you know it, and it can just be internal it doesn't need to be you know out there for everybody but like for me it was really I mean my husband like I don't know I think he probably thought he was gonna have to take me to like a hospital at some point, like a mental hospital. I don't know. Just saying, like rock bottom. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I love this quote. Like I deserve to feel better. I love it. Thank you so much, honestly, too, for like just taking these notes when something's when you're something like getting this is catching because, like, that's the gold right there. Like, oh, yeah, I deserve to feel better. Um, and then recognizing too, like in that reset time, it's not necessarily going to be easy. That's why it is helpful to have a coach. It is helpful to have someone yeah. who can just you can like lean on or go to, or even right. a buddy where you're like, okay, this is really hard right, right now. <laughs> right. And I, and I hear people say a lot, like, I can't do this. I'm too far gone. I'm, yeah. I can't, you know, I, I just don't know what to do. And I get it. I, I yeah. understand that is a, you know, a scary place to be where you, you don't, you literally don't know what step to take next. You don't know which step, which direction, which, what do I do first? It's a lot. It's overwhelming. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I just feel like I want to be able to do what I feel like I do best, which is tell you as a woman, as a friend, as a, as a whatever, that you're good enough. You yeah. deserve, you're, you deserve this. You deserve to feel good about yourself, your life. Um, you know, and when you feel good about those things, you know, the confidence comes it doesn't come right away. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes you do have to fake it until you make it. You do have right. to look at yourself in the mirror. Like I did with my daughter. Like we would tell ourselves, we would look at ourselves in the mirror and say, I love you, Heather. I love you, Harper. Yeah, right. And then we would say it to each other and we would say it to ourselves. So 
even when I didn't feel it, I, I would do it for my daughter in front of, say to myself in the mirror, I love you, Heather. I love and that. I, that's yeah. Really and, practice. Yeah. Just for her to yeah. see like that, that's normal. Cause I feel like there's a lot of this feeling for women, especially of like deserving or worthiness. Like I deserve yeah. to, uh, to do something for myself. I deserve to feel good. I deserve to like celebrate what I'm doing. And then I want to get to, so like recognize reset. And then what's the third one? Recalibrate. Okay. So what does that mean? What are you- Cause I feel like, well, I feel like resetting is something you can do kind of quick, right? You can, yeah. I fasted, I did a 16 hour fast. I was able to reset my kind of internal system. Recalibrate is more wonky. Like when you're feeling like really like, okay, I don't, I still can't quite get like my head space, right. Maybe my body feels better, but I'm still feeling irritated or agitated. And that's when the recalibration kind of comes in where you do your concentrated yoga, or maybe I even do a, um, there's a machine that I do at the gym. It's, um, Josie knows what it is. She might chime in and tell me it's an ultraviolet, not, not tanning. What's the red light? Oh, red light therapy. Like our, my gym has a machine that has like a vibration floor with the, yeah. The, yeah. And That's so cool. like something like that, that we really, you know, I did that. Oh, yeah. That'd be super grounding. I would think that was just kind of like, yeah, kind of shake yeah. up whatever, like, to, like literally like a recalibration. That's like, this sounds like literally like a recalibration yeah. of your body yeah. and your cells and like vibrant vibratory kind of yeah. also exercise, right? Like any exercise even if you hate it, if you get out there and you take a walk, if you, you know, those things can increase the proprioceptive input to your brain, which, and serotonin, and you know, we know all these things. So even when you don't want to do it, that's where I say, push the hardest to do those things that you really don't want to do. Yeah. It's like, it takes a long time to make good habits. It's not easy. It's never going to be easy. It's not easy. (laughs) She's saying it's total body enhancement with a vibrating floor and light. I want that. It's <laughs> amazing. Amazing, Yeah. Yeah. What you're saying, like whether you have that or like you said, it's like, it's like literally recalibrating. It's like just a new neural pathway. Like you said, going for a walk out and getting some fresh air or just switching it up so that, you know, you're on a new path. It's like, okay, I'm over here. I, I am going to choose this new path. Even if it's like literally like one shoelace at a time, like, yeah one foot in front of the other, picking up the keys. Like I know those moments where it's like the hardest. And recalibrating, I'm so sorry. Recalibrating also means taking those steps to do the opposite of what you normally do. So when your normal reaction, when your husband talks to you is whatever, I don't know what it is. Do Do the opposite because it's gonna feel uncomfortable and weird but in order for us to make new pathways, we have to make new pathways. Yeah. We have to do something different. We have That's to so change good. it. Right. That's so good. No, I, I can relate. Cause I know even, you know, I mean, being in relationship, being married, I think you kind of have this whole study too. And there's things that would happen with me and Mark where I would get triggered and him too. And, and I would react and he'd be like, well, that's not about me. And it's t- it took time. I feel like it took years. <laughs> Yes. And now I'm like, yeah, you're, it's not. And it's somehow just able to allow it to fall away. So what you just said, do the opposite. Stop, think, pause. Josie, I'm so glad you're taking those notes. It's really lovely. Just to even think of that. Like just do the opposite. Even if you feel like it's so weird and it doesn't seem right. Yeah. Do the opposite. Like if you normally answer your husband, like what? 
just go, yes, honey. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. seriously, like the most opposite thing you can do because it's going to make you go, oh, okay. Like, cause my husband will say all the time. It's not how you say, it. it's not what you say. It's how you say it. Mm-hmm. It's how you say things or whatever. So just changing those methods is sometimes, you know. Yeah. Right. You yeah. see it from like a new perspective, like a new angle. Right. Um, well, I love all of this. I'm curious. Uh, I want to, he- we want to hear, you know, if someone wanted to work with you, um, I know you have an offer for everyone. There's so many hearts. I love it. Um, so I know you have an offer for everyone. So let us know about that. Like those will get dropped in here. So okay. can have access to those. And then um, I just want to see what questions we might have for you. So go ahead and let us know how we can work with you. And then I want to so- see what questions come up. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm on Facebook, obviously I have, um, my confidence coach page. Um, you can find me through Heather Keslak, um, my main page. And then there's a link to my confidence coach page, as well as my free group that I, um, invite everybody to join. It's called lift others. And in that group, I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to like, give a little bit of these tips and give a little bit of these things to people, um, to just lift them up and because people can't always afford to hire a coach. So I want to help as many people as possible. And in that group, I am, um, starting to develop some zoom meetings where I'm going to be doing this and, you know, just for free, just for, just to get together with people and just talk and kind of see, you know, get ideas from people and what they're struggling with. And, um, I have a total giant list of things that people have already added. And so I have a nice list of things to go forward with for our first zoom meeting that I need to get scheduled, but yeah, um, I'm doing five. Also, I have five left five free strategy sessions. So 20 minutes, you can connect with me and, um, talk to me about what you're going through. Tell me what you're struggling with and I will come up with some strategies for you. And then from that point, you know, hopefully that can help you get on a path to, you know, feeling better. So good. I love it. Yeah. I would definitely take Heather up on that for sure. Thank you. Oh my gosh. I love it. Yeah. I love your group too. It's always just so I like really look forward to it when I wake up and I do check my phone. I'm like, cause you're up before me. So I always get to see, yeah. and see like what inspiration I get from the day. And I, it always relates. So thank you. I love it. So yeah. If anyone has, um, you know, any other questions, feedback, ideas, um, some things that you would like to see in Heather's group as well. Just let us know. you got a lot of hearts coming through. Tiana's saying the three R's are great. They really are. So she's saying thank you for that. They really are. They, yeah, <laughs> they really are. Oh my god. You're such a dork. <laughs> I'm so bad at puns. It's like never been my strong point. Uh, but yes, they are. And uh yeah, I'm just so thrilled you guys to do this with us. And yeah, thank you. A little more of your story and just get, you know, just like this concrete way to kind of move through, you know, those those times we go through, like that anxiety we go through, what to do, how to shift it. Yeah. Thanks. This yeah. was awesome. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, subscribe. You can also leave some stars and a comment so you can help others know about this podcast and benefit from it as well. I would love to invite you into my membership sisterhood group, sisterhood group of soul-led women who are seeking clarity and using our intuition to turn our passions into profits. 
I have a special for podcast listeners. It's only a dollar to join for your first month. You get a whole catalog of courses to help you lead your soul-led life and weekly classes on everything from speaking your truth to how to use intuitive tools like pendulum, like the tarot, like crystals. There are hot seats for you to explore your gifts and special guests as well. It's a beautiful place to be with an incredible group of supportive women. It truly is a sisterhood. I would love for you to join. You can join using the link bit.ly backslash activate membership group. That is bit.ly backslash activate membership group. I'd love to get you in there. Till next time.